Hello everybody, this is Corey Chapman, personal finance coach and best-selling author. I'm excited today because we're having another intro into Money Talk LA. I'm excited because I have a really good friend of mine today that's going to sit down with me and share some insight on how to create wealth, how family life plays a big role, how the habits you do today and tomorrow will make all the difference in the world. Uh, my buddy here is uh, an internationally acclaimed talker, speaker. He's been on everything under the sun. Every time I look at him, he's on somebody's show. I'm like, is that Johnny? And then I look up and something else. He's writing books. He's a best-selling author. And more than anything else, he's a good individual. I'm excited today to have him on board our talk, and I want to welcome. Hey, Johnny, how you doing today, buddy? I'm incredibly well, man. I'm honored to be on your show, Corey Chapman. Man, this is going to be good, brother. We go way back. <laughs> but, uh, we can't get too deep. All right, we got people oh, listening today. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I'm looking forward to this one. This is going to be a lot of fun today. I hope you all ready for this. You know what's crazy is? Anybody who watches this, they're not going to know whose show this is because we're very, we're like, I want you to interview me exactly yes. while I'm interviewing you because there's so much that you bring to the table. We got a lot of similarities in terms of, you know, our families. Uh, you're a family man. Um, and man, I just honor you, brother, and I respect you. You've invited me into your house on multiple occasions. You've been to my home on multiple occasions. And, you know, there's very few people that I've aligned myself with in the last, you know, 12 years where it's, you know, having a relationship with you is not homework. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's so natural. There's no guilt trip. There's no guilt factor. I mean, we jokingly say, ah, you can't call a brother. I mean, <laughs> but we kind of pick up where we left off. And I've been watching you, man. I see everything that you got going on. Um, you know, I'm looking at you right now. And, uh, you know, I mean, your series exams, license, you know, one through 99. <laughs> <laughs> series six, series seven, 63, 65, 26, 24. I'm a licensed insurance agent. Right. right. I ain't got no series. <laughs> Look, man, so, all, all that means is that I got a lot of people watching me. That's all that really means. Okay. You got all, hey, all the, yeah, all, hey, man, all the listen, regulatory, <laughs> all the regulatory is keeping you under the belt. But I, I've known you for a while. How do you keep your passion so like it's almost like perpetual i don't know if that's even the right word but i've never seen your passion die or go backwards oh man that's you know that's a really good question and i gotta tell you I, I gotta imagine that a lot of it comes from you know really having a solid secure relationship with my family you know it's the mm -hmm. one thing that always grounds me brings me back to home it's my why that pushes me and makes me move forward it's the thing that just centers me, right? And so, you know, I always tell everybody, it doesn't make sense to be upset, right? Because at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do about it. All you gotta do is just keep moving forward. As long as you don't stop, things will always work itself out. You know what's crazy is you just made me think about something. And he said, why, W-H-Y, his why is his passion and his family. And I think that, you know, if you're gonna write down a first step, the first step is, man, be balanced and grounded with family. Meaning, listen, nothing comes before family, no opportunity. You probably heard me say this from stage, you know, Wimbry. I'm going to build Wimbry before I build anything. And everything that I do build is for Wimbry. Right. And I started that way. And maybe that's why it's an easy concept for me to understand. But I guarantee you there are people who are watching and listening right now around the world who they don't know how to balance, you know, success, wealth, opportunity, business, whatever it is, and still keep the balance 
of family. I've seen you do that. I mean, you are literally the message that you bring. And when I think of Corey Chapman, I think of family before I think of success. And you're both. I appreciate that, man. You know, I think they kind of go hand in hand. You know, I think you have to learn how to run hard, do what you do, and make sure you're making a difference in the world. But you got to also figure out how to, you know, I, I had a really good friend of mine tell me, he, and I, I asked him, how do you balance everything? And he just simply said, just don't let anything fall, right? It's all about a juggling act. It's all about making sure at the end of the day that when you see something about to topple over, you catch it before it falls, right? And Man. I kind of think that's the way it is in life. You know, I, you know, my wife and my kids, especially my daughter, right? I tell her every time, when you need daddy time, you tell me. Like, it can't be, oh, daddy works so much. Oh, he's busy. Oh, he's that. They have got to understand truly that they are first and foremost over everything. Because oh, without like them, that. there is nothing else, right? So that's got to be priority. I like the way, I like, I like how you said that because I have daughters too. When we kind of have in, in the same situation, mm -hmm. ask me, tell me when you need daddy time. That's right. That is, I, that sounds so simple, but there's so much going on just in that one sentence. Not only am I giving you authority, I'm giving you a way out and a way in at any time you have an access point. Keyword. Yep. Access. How many people in life are living at the bottom of the top? That's called average. You live at, you know, no, you live at the top of the bottom. That's average mm -hmm. because you're not using your access points. And I think that needs to be the first topic you just said. You're giving your daughter access. This is one of the hardest things for me to deal with in terms as a coach, as a speaker, as somebody who's passionate about generational wealth is when I see people who have incredible amounts of talent and skill and they may have a little passion, but they don't, they don't really master their access points. You know what I you, you understand? You understand what I'm saying? You got access. Yeah, I do. You know, and I think it's interesting you said about access because like, you know, here's the thing. When you give your family that access and you give them that power to know that they come first over everything else, it makes the process just that much smoother. I mean, you know, my daughter, like I said, when when it comes time where I'm grinding and I'm looking up, and you know, you and I both, man, we we do so many little things out there. Mm -hmm. We're involved with so many different things, organizations, charities, events, and so forth, that we try to do almost everything. But it has to be a time where the people in your household have to know that they have that clout, that credibility, that that conversation, that they come first over everything. And at a moment's notice, you will stop and just say, okay, what do you need? Because that's where it's got to come from. It's got to, they yep. have to know that they're first and foremost. Because otherwise right. you can't run the way you run, right? Because then you're sitting back thinking about all the conscious efforts of things that you're doing and you're saying, dang, did I really spend time with my daughter? Do I feel guilty because I didn't go to the daddy-daughter thing that I was supposed to do? Or, you know, my wife wanted me to take care of this and I didn't get a chance to do that. But if they understand the way you're running, and then they also run understand that they have the power to say, stop, I need you, and then you give that to them, then that makes the whole world run around, right? There are things go and work perfectly because the yeah. symmetry between the two of you guys or the family as a whole starts to work. To me, man, it that's the trophy. I think it, I talk from a man's perspective. The reason I work so hard 
strategically working on that I started the process of wanting to create generational wealth in my family. Mm -hmm. And I really do have a deep desire to interrupt the generational poverty mindset that came before me. My whole reason and my entire passion is really for the next generation. I want to tee my family up. I, you know, you, you go golfing, right? You yep. use a tee when you, you know, when you, when you're coming off the drive. And the reason the tee is there is to tee it up. I want to be the tee. I want to tee my family up for what I won't live to see. And that's my children's children's children, children. And that, and I've made it a, a, a passion and a purpose in my life to tee the next generation up. And that keeps me so excited. I believe you're a master of wealth because of that balance. But let's get into kind of the, the nuts and bolts of what you bring to the table. First of all, why did you pursue, you know, the industry of finance? What, and, and, and the reason I'm asking this is because I've seen so many people become real estate agents. I've seen so many people get their license to, to you know, to, to, to trade stock or whatever it is or to be a broker. And I've seen so many people, you know, get their series license. And it's because they heard somebody else say that they're passionate about it. And they borrow somebody else's passion thinking they're, they're going to be passionate about it as well. You have stuck to this thing since I've known you well over a decade. What has caused you not only to stick in the financial space, but your family has all become licensed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. So, you know, I think this is a simple part of it, right? I think if you want to be really good at something, you got to put the time in, right? And if you want to master money, like and let's 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 dive a little deeper about that. I believe that money is a a a living organism. I think All it right. grows because you know what type of attention you put into it. If you don't understand how to manage money, if you don't understand how to pay things for it, if you don't understand where to invest your money at or how to grow your money or what interest rates are or taxes and how they tie in together, how can you truly understand how to grow your wealth? So for me, it's always been about, I want to know more. You know, I have yeah. a saying, you talk about, you know, increase. That's your word, right? <laughs> Absolutely. My, mine has always been be better. So for me, it's how, I do I become be, how do I become better, right? I don't want to be the guy in the room that doesn't know. I want to understand when it comes to money, I truly understand all the moving and mechanisms and parts about money. And because I truly believe that if you respect money, money doesn't leave you. But I think mm -hmm. when you don't respect money and when money doesn't, when you don't know how to kind of handle money, right, manage money, look at money, you know how to leverage money, then that's where you have the struggles of dealing with money. And so for me, that's where the passion comes from. I like the fact that money is always growing. And if you leverage it properly, you always yeah. will have money in your corner. And that's what I look for. So. It's, it's always about that for me. And I think that's where I drive the passion because every day money is always changing. I mean, no doubt it's always changing. The reason why I started Money Talk was simply because of the fact that I believe money is involved with everything we do in life, right? And I think you can't have a, a decent relationship with your family without having money play a role, whether it be yeah. good, bad, or indifferent, right? Oh, baby, why are we not paying our bills on time? Well, that has to do with money. Well, baby, how come we didn't you know, uh, leverage our, our house, be able to generate revenue from that to be able to pay for something else to give us a better growth, right? How come I didn't buy real estate to build cash flow? All these things have to do with money, so you've got to mm -hmm. understand it. And so Money Talk LA is all about how mm -hmm. to create wealth. 
and leverage money. I remember that uh, you brought me in to speak at one of your financial um, seminars and that maybe about eight, nine years ago, I'm not sure, but it was in Los Angeles and I came in and I remember you, like the be better thing was big for you. And I believe you just had released a book at that particular time where you were working on a, a pre-release. And I can honestly say that you have been in your zone. You have been in that lane. You have been very consistent and faithful to your message. And I look at that and there's a side of me that says, man, I don't know if I could ever get that passionate about understanding financing and, and numbers the way that you understand it. But I could definitely see the reason why people would choose you to watch their money, to watch their investments, to keep them safe. You know, the Bible says in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. And one of the things that I pride myself in that I surround myself around the, the you know, the thinking that outthinks me you are one of those individuals that have the thinking that outthinks most people because the, let me tell you what I don't want to do is babysit my money. Right. <laughs> but I want to find somebody like you who takes joy in it. Like calling me up and saying, Hey man, go look at your 10% increase. And you, I, I can see the look on your face. Like you get excited yeah. about, about that report with your clients. How yeah. did you get started in this? Like, let, let, let's go back to little Corey. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there has to be something that connects. Like I, I know why I chose entrepreneurialism. I know why I hustle so hard. I can connect it back to a pain, to a desire, to lack, you know, to fear. And I use fear as motivation. Fear, sure. I, I use fear as a, as, a, as a healthy ingredient, not, you know, a, an unhealthy ingredient. Fear drives me. I'm afraid to go back to the battered women's shelter. I'm afraid to go to prison like my brother. I'm afraid of my past. I don't deny it, but I'm afraid to go back to it. And that's my motivator. I literally believe that I've done hundreds of millions of dollars in business on a global scale because I learned how to use fear as a leverage. What happened, Corey? Like, how did you get to, you know, I do believe you're a master of wealth, but take us back. How did you get here? What happened? You know, very similar to what you just said, man. You know, I grew up in a house where I was the oldest of three. My mom raised three kids, and uh, we grew up between, you know, New York, South Bronx and New York to Los Angeles, right? And in that process... Hold on, where in L.A.? So L.A. was, uh, well, South Central L.A., okay? <laughs> Hold on, I want people to get the visual. That's why I'm doing this. Right, right, right. You right. left the Bronx. <laughs> and your mama said, we're moving on up to the west side. Right, right, right. South, South Central <laughs> Los Angeles. <laughs> and I, and if, if I'm a guess right, you were probably in high school in your eight, in the 80s, right? Yes, yes. Uh, Y'all know what was going on in South Central L.A. in the 80s? <laughs> Well, you know, it was All funny, right. man. My mom gave, I mean, she was fortunate enough. She gave me an opportunity, right? So living in New York, you know, I was doing all the stuff, trying to hang out with the right people and the wrong people and everything in between, you know? And mm -hmm. my mom gave me an opportunity to go to Los Angeles and stay with some friends and family, right? And, but when I got here, it was harder than I thought because my mom was trying to make ends meet at home and she couldn't really send money here, right? Mm. So I remember, man, I was sitting on Century Boulevard at age 15, slinging flowers 
on the corner making money at 12 o'clock at night and still trying to go to high school. You know, I mean, that's just that kind of where baby. it started, man. I had to hustle. I had to make sure money was coming in. You know, I laugh when people see me today and they think that all oh, this was, you know, given to me. I'm like, I worked, okay? Let me say that again. I worked for everything we nah, had. Nah, brother. Ain't okay? <laughs> so, you know, that started the journey for me, you know, at that point mm -hmm. in time. And then I was fortunate enough, and I think this is kind of – I think this is really a big part of what you and I think we are very similar in. We had somebody and started talking to people who gave us insight that there was better out there. You know, yeah. and I think that's the challenge, right? I think most people, you know, I was listening to an article the other day and it was really simple. It was, uh, it was the podcast or, um, you know, YouTube channel of uh, P. Diddy and Ray Dahlia. And they were talking about, you know, PD was saying that Ray Dyer was his mentor. And he was asking some questions and talking about things that he should do. Um, kind of talking about his book called Principles, man. I just I'm started reading it. So, like, this is oh. a pretty cool book. Um, pretty thick book, but it's a cool book. Um, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> what was interesting about it was he said something in the interview that just stopped me in my tracks and started thinking, right? Yeah. And what was said was Ray was talking about how he got started in the financial world. And when he started talking about it, he said he was young, between 12 and 13 years old, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, he was caddying at a golf course for some of the top people that were around, right? And they were talking about finance and money and Wall Street and stocks and bonds and all this good stuff, right? And I sat there and I thought to myself, what a difference in upbringing. Like, what a difference in thought process. Because I don't know anybody that looks like me that's on a golf course hearing about Wall Street, hearing about money, hearing about how to invest. And, you know, when I paused for that moment, it really resonated with me. Like, how do we make a difference for our people to see different ideal of what success should be? And how do they get that insight, that concept to where someone tells them there's more out there and you just need to dream better? Because if you don't know what to dream, you can't dream for something if you don't know what is out there. And I think that was a big part of my process because when I was coming up, I did have someone who kind of took me by the wing and said, hey, let me show you what to do. I got into life insurance and I was a young agent yeah. and uh, I was the only black in the office and I was the youngest in the office. And I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to work everybody. That's how I thought, you know, I'm like simple. And I remember laughing because my first year in the industry, I made, you know, a high six figures. And I was like, what the heck? $180,000? And this is legal? You know, I was, like, I was like, what's going on? You know, I was excited. And, um, but what was interesting, it was hard work. I was knocking on doors at 9 o'clock at night trying to get people to buy life insurance, you know, universal life, you know. It can help you. And through that process, I basically raised the eyebrow of one of the managing partners there. And he said, you know, you've done a good job up to this point. Well, let me show you how to really make real money. And I remember him taking me out to Braemar Country Club, and in a matter of nine holes, he picked up a check for $500,000 and put it into an insurance policy that made his premium almost $300,000 in one, one afternoon. And I sit there and thought, okay, I'm doing something wrong, but I am not worthy, but teach me. You know, <laughs> and I got yeah, into that conversation. And from that point on, man, I learned that it's about emulating the people who have what you want and ask the question so you can get better. Because you cannot be the smartest person in your own group. You gotta mm -hmm. decide to go outside of your group so you're the dumbest person so you can learn from what's out there. 
And I think yeah. that was the biggest point for me. And that's what drove me, man. And I think, honestly, it's just been constantly trying to learn and make up you know, more insight and learn more from other people to try to become yeah. better, right? Back to my, my philosophy, be better, right? And that's right. where it came, so. And that's, I mean, you know, yeah. that, that, some people will say that sounds so super simple, be better. But if you subscribe to that, that, those words every day for years, like my word is increase. Sounds so simple, but I subscribe to that word. Like every day I wake up like a sniper looking for increase. And I'm literally like looking, where is it? Where is it? Every day, all day. Doesn't mean I'm better or, or, or it doesn't even mean I'm, I'm the best. It just means I'm on the hunt. These are the kind of stories that I like, Corey. When people, yeah. you, you're breaking it down. You went from selling flowers on the side of the streets. You know, I was selling something else on the side of the street. Wish I knew about flowers. I was selling candy when I was in elementary. But you just don't know what you don't know, right? Right. You, you meet this guy. You said you raised his eyebrow. If people would just stop right there and made that their mission, 